0: You may come in thinking you're getting hormone testing and maybe we're going to look at organic acids. Maybe we're going to look at um, a stool profile. Maybe we're going to look at food sensitivities. Maybe we're not going to look at anything. Maybe we're just going to do a thyroid panel. And when people come in with a lot of conventional labs, again, it can be helpful for comparison, but it's not really telling me a whole lot that that I don't already know.
1: Hello, Awakened Beauties finally is here, The Truth, to empower women to true inner beauty through healthy biology. And now here's your hostess, Cassandra Keel, your organic beauty and CBD mentor, helping you stay sane, get sleep, and bring your sexy back. Sponsored by evokebeauty.com. Hello and welcome to
2: the Awaken Beauty Podcast. I am Cassandra, your organic beauty and endocannabinoid system mentor, and today I am joined with Julie Tevin. She's a good friend. She is a longtime friend, and I can't wait to dig into our subject today because it is one that many, many women have questions around, and it's a really important subject matter to kind of lay the groundwork uh, for women that are looking to see a women's health practitioner. That are interested in functional medicine, and Julie and I go back a good eleven years, and we are both kind of on this transpose of understanding functional medicine and kind of venturing into the wellness industry and functional medicine at large and Before I introduce Julie to you, I just kind of want to preface exactly. Who Julie is. And Julie is a certified nurse practitioner who specializes in the management of functional health and hormone imbalances in young women through women entering their menopausal transition and beyond. With a professional certification in women's health, Julie is also a certified practitioner with the Institute of Functional Medicine. Her new clinic grew out of a desire to focus on helping women live their best and their healthiest lives. She does this through focusing on improving lifestyle factors such as nutrition, stress, management, and exercise. But her real expertise is by taking it to the next level by optimizing gut health, reducing toxin exposure, improving hormonal imbalances, and addressing the underlying health immune issues. She intimately understands and empathizes with the plethora of women coming to her office, being discouraged and being told that everything looks completely normal. Have we heard that before, ladies? Leading them to a never-ending internet search to find alternative approaches. Now, I don't think Google is the uh, best approach at all times, all the time. And so I want to welcome Miss Julie. Julie, are you with us? I'm here. Awesome. Welcome to the Awaken Beauty Podcast. Julie, like I had noted, and I have met a good 11 years ago, and it's been a real, real joy to watch you, Julie, and kind of progress over your, the years of, your in, of the industry and how your wealth of knowledge has really grown and your expertise with women and how you've helped many of my clients it has just been really, really a delight. So I think to lay the groundwork today, You know, we're going to be talking a little about some different things, but mainly we want to have podcast in the future, but today we're going to talk about functional medicine. What is it? What women should expect? What does it look like to come and see a practitioner like you? And if you could maybe just share with us, kind of going back 11, 12 years ago, from my understanding, you were a nurse practitioner and you started to gear into the functional medicine platform. What kind of awakened you to venture into this industry?
0: So, I started most of my career was working with women. I worked at the perinatal center at Abbott Northwestern for many years. And I decided to leave just mostly out of wanting to get out of shift work. I, uh, went back to graduate school, became an NP. And for a long time, I was working in family planning clinics. And it started to feel like my job was diagnosing and treating STDs and giving young girls birth control pills. And so I took some time off, decided to just be a mom for a while. And when I went back, a lot had changed for women um, with the Women's Health Initiative. And so I kind of had to switch gears in everything that I knew and I did a little bit of my own investigation, um, found a job working with a functional medicine provider who started to train me and basically led me down this path, which honestly was the best decision I ever made. And I don't know that I would ever do anything different at this point. But after 12 years, I've just decided to take it on my own and uh, and try to build on what I feel is the best practice to help women. And, um, and it's been uh, only a few short months in this um, completely on my own, but it's been so far, um, a great experience.
2: That is so great. So, what mm-hmm. what led you to be so passionate about this different way of practicing and and really addressing women's care? Because maybe we can kind of you know, when we talk about functional medicine. It's now becoming a very very common term. And I think there's still a lot of jargon around there. A lot of us are reading about it on different blogs, but can you really kind of set the stone of like, what exactly, how would you explain the difference between functional medicine and conventional medicine?
0: Functional medicine is is kind of a parallel to conventional medicine. It, they're not really exclusive of one another. I, you know, I think conventional medicine, I think of as you go in for your annual exam or you go in you know, for your routine screenings. Sometimes you just do all of your preventative medicine kinds of work. I kind of like to say it's, it's really early detection. It's not really preventative medicine. I really think functional medicine is true preventative medicine. But most of us go, you know, we have symptoms, we go in, we have somebody analyze it, and then we are given the standard of care treatment and then we go home but functional medicine is truly taking it to the next level it's asking the question why why do i have these symptoms if i have urinary tract infections that seem to happen a lot why is that happening maybe it's because i'm in a new relationship and I'm having intercourse more and and maybe now i'm having more urinary tract infections as a result well you know not every that doesn't happen to everybody why is it happening to you conventional medicine is really taking you know taking those symptoms and just treating them they i've heard the term name it blame it and tame it and that's really conventional medicine everything is about signs and symptoms and i was trained the same way but functional medicine takes it to another level and starts asking the question why and so that's kind of the beauty of it it makes it a much better way to treat chronic illness most of us we go in we have the the glucose level done at our regular screening, it's a little bit high. So, okay, well, let's do it again next year and see if it's still a little high. Well, what happens over the next year? What can we do to make sure that this doesn't become diabetes? And that that's really what, what I found lacking in the conventional model. And there's absolutely a place for it. I mean, if I have appendicitis, I need, I need my primary doctor. I need to have a, an urgent care to go to. I need to have acute care treatment, there's a a complete place for it, but it doesn't work real well with with chronic health conditions.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think Jeffrey Bland or, you know, some of the godfather of Mm -hmm. medicine and and really where this terminology started as far as systems, medicine, systems, Mm -hmm. biology. And if if we just take the word systems and put that into the conventional care methodology, it... To what you're saying, spray and pray. You're going to go and you're going to see somebody for your carpal tunnel. You're going to go and you're going to see somebody for your appendicitis. It's so specialized, right? So we again we miss out on this systems biology and that none of the systems are separate from each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many clients have I had? Twelve years ago, eleven years ago, even five years ago, where we were so quick to just take gallbladders out. And now all these women have, are missing gallbladders and can't like even process fatty acids mm-hmm. in which
1: mm-hmm. I've talked
2: about even endocannabinoids and CBD, you make your own endocannabinoids from fatty acids. And so, we, you know, there's all these dysfunctions when they're trying to treat all the functions separately so to kind of going into yeah. what you're talking about. You know, you really look at obviously. I think it's far enough and advanced enough in natural medicine that you're looking at the whole woman and the whole person. Mm-hmm. To jump right in, I think clear on systems management between functional medicine, whole person, and conventional medicine. We're not here to bog that down because it has a place in a in a mm-hmm. space for women. But one of the things that I see consistently is I will give your name out. I will give whether it's a naturopath or a functional medicine, we're still so addicted to this concept of health insurance in the industry. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to kind of lay out this really kind of nice projection of what women can expect when they work with a functional medicine practitioner, from that first visit to costs, you know, so maybe let's kind of just Dissect each section. Let's say I refer somebody to you, Julie Tebbin, who is a phenomenal women's health practitioner that has all of these assets that you bring with your experience. They have fear. Do they? Do you take health insurance? What does that first visit look like? Am I going to get a bunch of bills for supplements? Can you talk us through that first experience? Someone contacts you.
0: Yeah, I I get the question a lot: um, whether or not I take insurance. And you know, the insurance model is truly built around. Acute medicine and these annual visits. And again, there, there's this term medically necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've gone to your doctor and you think you have a thyroid condition and all of your labs come back normal, um, you're not diagnosed with a disease. You have no disease diagnosis. Mm-hmm. That means that you're fine. And yeah, you have these symptoms, maybe sleep more, maybe exercise more, maybe change your diet, but there's not really specific advice given as to what to do next. So you walk away and you say, okay, I don't feel any different. I've I've you know my insurance has covered all of this but where do I go next and what I do is not considered in all in all cases medically necessary because you've already Ruled out thyroid disease. Repeating your thyroid labs more comprehensively isn't medically necessary. It's really hard to work in functional medicine within that insurance model because it's not built around functional medicine. So we have to get out of the mindset of what we use our insurance for and what we do outside of insurance. And fortunately, these days, a lot of us have, have um, health savings accounts and. And they do cover some of these expenses, flex dollars, um, flexible spending accounts also cover that. My advice to people is always try to spend as little as you can on your monthly insurance and try to put a lot of that money into things where you can take control over what you think is best for your healthcare. So, no, I don't take insurance. There are a few functional medicine providers who do. But the risk is, is that as a provider, I, I run the risk of getting audited by these companies on a regular basis because I'm not following that model um, per se. Patients do pay cash to come and see me and um, it, is, uh, it is covered by HSA and FSA dollars. So if you have that option, that's a good place to invest your money if you want to work with somebody outside of your insurance system. As far as first visit, because functional medicine really looks at the person as a whole, it's very patient-centered. It's not disease-centered. So I'm interested in everything from How healthy was your mom when she got pregnant? Did she get sick at all during pregnancy? Were there complications? What was her diet like? Was she given antibiotics and labor? Was it a traumatic labor? Um, Was it an easy labor, a fast labor? How was my childhood? Was I breastfed or bottle fed? You really have to go through the entire timeline of a person's life from before conception. And I can't do that all in a first visit. So I have a really extensive intake process. I mean, I have multiple intake forms one that's just kind of a medical history form, a family history form. I also do something called a, res- a readiness assessment, which I'm going to come back to, but the uh, the other form is a social history where I'm looking more at your sleep, your stress levels, who's your support system, what do you eat, what do you drink, what toxins are you exposed to? It's quite extensive. And people have said to me, you know, that really took a long time to fill out. My favorite part back to the readiness assessment is really trying to meet the person or the patient where they are at the time that they come in to see me. Some people come in and their biggest concern is money. Fine with that. I'm more than happy to work around your finances. I don't need to do any testing. I can do a whole intake form and we can start, if you've ever seen the functional medicine model, it's a tree. And if you look at the tree, at the bottom of the tree are the roots. And at the roots, we start looking at what we call modifiable lifestyle factors. And those are things that we can start working on. If, if you come to me and you really aren't even sure where to begin, but you really haven't done anything with your diet, you really haven't looked at your stress levels, you really haven't done all of these things, that's a great place to start. And if I can get you sleeping better and help you learn to relax... If I can get you moving and exercising, if I can get you uh, looking at food as medicine, not just something that satisfies a a hunger. If I can get you to look at stress and your stress response and how you respond to the things that are happening in your life. And then if we can kind of work on your relationships too, who's your support system? Who do you go to when you need help? And if you don't have people supporting you, maybe the better investment is to work with me periodically, but work with a help coach you know, that can hold you accountable and kind of take over that role of the relationship that is going to help you reach your goals. So at, at its simplest form, I can do that without spending a whole lot of money. Um, but that really requires motivation. I that's love your
2: other... readiness report. I, yeah. think that's, yes. uh, I really I really think that pretty much says it all. Like, are you ready to yeah. be ready to take care of your health and and start to tap, mm-hmm. tap down this journey? And you're right on the on the functional medicine, you know, the drawing is you've got all the tree and is it the diseases
0: at the top? The, the organ systems, the everything organ systems is based, yeah, you top. see the cardiologist for this, you see the psychologist right. for that, yeah.
2: So the the fragmented piece that we were talking about mm-hmm. before, but for myself, for yourself, for women that come and see you, for women that come and see me at Beauty Ecology, it's it really comes to like conversation and really connecting with the woman and you know you you said something about relationships and support systems uh-huh. Uh-huh. and when i when i think about the family nowadays and when i think about marriages nowadays you know mm-hmm. with 50% of marriages ending in divorce families are so stressed their lifestyle mm-hmm. and eating habits are yeah. so stressed yeah. and the women the women are kind of cultivated to nurture this whole nature of their family their work lifestyle that just everything and run the whole damn system and mm-hmm. you know i think i think that's one really really important part and that's why i love that the readiness assessment is for mm-hmm. them to really first and foremost kind of lay it all out on what their what their life their reality is and mm-hmm. where that first step is, because to get mm-hmm. from here to here is not a bunch of supplements it 's not mm-hmm. a bunch of tests it 's who 's your first hand first resort to support, and you know how can I support you, and then where are these other levels of care that we can bring around you to support this because any woman's health journey, and, and you can attest to this, whether it's leaky gut or hormones, as women age, there's this whole host of things that start blowing up. They're like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you get so many women and maybe you can say a little bit more about this of what how women land in front of you. What are some of those like first questions that you get or what do they expect from you um, when they land and are they saying, well, mm-hmm. what supplements should I take or what test should I take or I have all these tests. Can you just tell me what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. You've already kind of related to, you You really talked about lifestyle. But so in that first visit, they fill out Mm -hmm. these forms. What does that first discussion look like after you
0: get past like, okay, here's all the forms, here's what we're going to do? So at that point, I I really like the patient to just kind of start over. Yeah, I've read all of your forms. I, I kind of have an idea of what you're coming in for, but you tell me what you think you're coming in for. You tell me what you think you need to be doing and and what do you think is going on? And then we'll go, we'll kind of dissect things a little bit. And, you know, frequently because I'm women's health and because my area of expertise is hormones, people come in and they say, well, I'm having this issue. I think it's hormone related. And then when we really start delving deep into it, maybe it is, maybe it's stress related, but maybe it's diet related. Maybe it's gut related. Maybe it's a medication that you've been taking for a long time and that's affecting how you're functioning. So you have to kind of go through all those pieces. And, and frequently when somebody comes in and I even think, okay, this is going to be a straightforward hormone case. And then they, they're sitting in front of me and I realize there's something going on with their gut function. Mm-hmm. And I completely turn it around. Well, now I spend probably out of my 90 minute first patient visit, I probably spend 45 to 60 minutes of that time in education. Yeah, And it's, it's really kind of explaining to people Their gut works, how food works, how absorption works, how, um, you know, just and sometimes if it is associated with hormones, then okay, so if I'm having gut issues, why is that affecting my hormones? Well, let's talk about all the nutrients that your hormones depend on and let's talk about stress, physical stress, emotional stress, sleep stress glycemic stress, which is very diet related, all of those things affect cortisol. And then there's the whole downstream of you know, where it goes from there, which is a, another topic. But you know when you really start talking to somebody in that first visit, you're kind of narrowing down. Here's your primary reason for coming in, but let's try to figure out the why of that. And let's start there. And so I'm never really sure. when When patients send me emails or contact me in advance and say, well, what testing do you do? Well, I don't know. I don't know that until I see you. I have lots of options, but you may come in thinking you're getting hormone testing and maybe we're going to look at organic acids. Maybe we're going to look at um, a stool profile. Maybe we're going to look at food sensitivities. Maybe we're not going to look at anything. Maybe we're just going to do a thyroid panel. So, And when people come in with a lot of conventional labs, again, it can be helpful for comparison, but it's not really telling me a whole lot that that I don't already know. Um,
2: On that note, okay, that the listener understands, what's the difference between what do you mean by conventional labs? Because my understanding Mm -hmm. would be, you know, here's your TSH and Mm -hmm. your CBC and everything looks really, really normal. So what's the difference between a conventional lab versus, Mm -hmm. let's just talk about the different types of labs that a functional medicine practitioner has access to.
0: Yeah. I mean, first of all, I will say that I do Some conventional labs. I I mean, I will do a complete blood count. I will do a metabolic profile and look at, you know, kidney liver function. Um, But I read it very differently. So just because you're in the reference range doesn't mean I think things are fine. For example, AST, ALT are two really common liver function tests, and the reference ranges go up to 30, 45 sometimes. However, when I see them over 20, I start to go, "Hmm, there's some stress going on here with regards to detoxification. And so does that mean you have a disease? No, it doesn't. But does that mean maybe I want to look a little closer or maybe talk about how, let's let's eat really clean for a while. Let's talk about maybe doing some uh, a little bit of a detoxification protocol and then reassess and see if you know what's better after that, what's not. Kind of clear the playing field a little bit so you can get information from those labs. But those are the types of labs that are done, you know, your glucose, your TSH, your your lipids are done on a regular basis. And again, they're you know they're they are looking at something. They are screening for something. But by the time they become abnormal, you probably had months, if not years, to try to prevent whatever you're on the path to, and the you know what, what whatever we're assessing, whether it's thyroid disease, um, hyperlipidemia, you know diabetes you know, if we wait until you have multiple elevated glucose or we're watching it go up every year, we've missed a lot of opportunity. And I can delve deeper into looking at, you know, some of the intricacies of you how you metabolize glucose and maybe get to the you know, the the concern a little bit earlier and we can make those lifestyle changes before it becomes a diagnosis. So that's really the difference. And, you know, with regards to other kinds of integrative testing, I I mentioned organic acids And, and sometimes people come in and they have so many, so many symptoms and they're not living their best life. They're not happy. They're not, they have, they don't have energy. They don't have an appetite. They don't, they just in general don't feel well. And some of these women, when you say, when did you last feel well? Well, it was when I had my last baby 10 years ago. And ever since then, I feel like everything's going downhill. Well, when you, when you hear that and you start going through all, that, all those questionnaires and you're going, hmm. I mean, I, from the functional model, again, I'm not looking at organ systems. I'm looking at something called core clinical imbalances, but yet I'm seeing problems in every single aspect and sometimes organic acid testing can help me really really narrow it down because it's looking at detox markers. It's looking at neurotransmitter markers. It's looking at nutritional markers. It's looking at gut markers. It's looking at mitochondrial energy or cellular energy markers. It's looking at fatty acid oxidation. I mean, it really, you know, those are all kind of big terms, but it can really help me say, you know what, I think we start, we start our focus here, you know, and, and, I can clearly see that there's some issues with your gut and that's affecting your cellular energy health. So let's start our focus there. And the comment you made about the you know, supplements and, and yes, I do use a lot of nutritional supplements, but my goal is always that there'll be very little that a person requires long-term. But it's it's if you think about it, when, when a medication is given to you, other than an antibiotic, which is short-lived, but if you're given an antidepressant or you're given a drug to lower your lipids the expectation is you're going to be on that drug forever. Mm-hmm. And and when I give a supplement, the expectation is not that you have to be on that supplement forever, if you're willing to do the work right, to get yourself to a point where you're not going to need it anymore. But in the short term, sometimes it requires that in order to reach those goals or to reduce risk in the process. Because some yeah. people, yeah, you are at risk right now, but we can change that risk. Yeah. So we're going to have to use some of this support in the short term. and pretty rare that you get somebody that comes in and on a dime, they will change their diet a hundred percent. No, no no, 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 It's not going to happen. And no. it's, un, it's an unrealistic goal to set because you're not going to maintain it. So yeah. it's baby steps and you have to work through a process. And, and that's what I feel like I'm there to do is help you get to that process. Because my goal is that you don't have dependence on medication. You don't have dependence on nutritional supplements you're going to have, you know, your, your only priority or the, the main priority is really working on the roots of those trees. Right. Right. So,
2: yeah. And I think, I think all the different testing um, capabilities are really wonderful, mm-hmm. um, but I think it can be excessive sometimes. Like I'm a data girl and I really love data. Like I just mm-hmm. did another genetic testing and I just ordered the, yeah. vi- I just ordered the biome because I want to mm-hmm. like, Get all my stool information. And, you know, that one orga- organic acid test can then kind of point to the hormones and be mm-hmm. like, well, you're not detoxifying your metabolites. And, and so we need to get you to detoxify uh-huh. first before we can, you know, put any hormones in you. Cause then we're just looking at another emotional crazy breakdown. I mean, there's uh-huh. so many things that you can test for that can support each other, but you can only do so much at a time. So when you say you become then, you know, you hold a woman's hand, in which I think all of us women need that, whether it's our practitioner that honestly, truly listens to us, women just want to be heard, right? Yeah. They want to be validated. They want to be heard. And there's an empathetic transition between, I think, two women that happens in a setting such as yours, or for me behind the chair, that just there's an ah. There's a sense of relief, you know. It's that's, a validation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. really beautiful relationship that you bring to the table, and then you can kind of step it up with the the different tests. So, with with the anxiety around money, because I can kind of hear some of the women kind of thinking in their back of their mm-hmm. mind, okay, well, I really would like to see a functional medicine practitioner. Hey! just started your own women's health business on your own and you're doing a great job. It's really booming. If a woman comes to you for that initial consult, to set up that first meeting, you do the readiness mm-hmm. test, all of the yep. testing, yep. what does that financially look like for a woman? Now, this is different across the board for
0: everybody, but what right. would that look like for a woman to come in and see you? So specifically for me um, and the way my, uh, my practice is set up is, I charge an hourly rate and the guide, like I said, at my first visit is 90 minutes. I recommend that everybody schedule that 90 minutes. And if we don't use it all, we don't use it all. You're not going to get charged for it. If we're only together 60 minutes, if the problem is fairly straightforward and, we're, we're done in 60 minutes. You're going to get charged for 60 minutes. My rate is $260 an hour um, because of my, the fact that I'm putting aside 90 minutes. When a patient schedules with me, they have to pay a $60 non-refundable deposit. Now, if, if a person were to reschedule, obviously that deposit travels with them. If they cancel within 24 hours, or they cancel it all. That deposit, that sixty dollars, is gone, and that's basically covers you know ninety minutes of my time. Then that right. uh, that wasn't used, um, and that's the way my policy is. Um, so ninety minutes is that first visit. You're filling out a lot of paperwork in advance. Any records you can get to me in advance is, is appreciated because I can be completely prepared for that first visit. But as I said, I spend the you know probably the first half hour kind of listening and asking questions and going through the you know, the highlights that I pulled out from the questionnaire. And then we spend a lot of time just educating and talking about the functional medicine model and how they fit into that model. And, you know, kind of trying to, trying to explain what I hear them saying and then wh- where I see that that fits as far as their health is concerned. That, and then at the end of that visit, it's the two of us making a plan, whether that plan includes testing, whether it includes lifestyle changes, um, and, and interestingly enough, I, I use the example of the person that comes in um, that's primary concern is money. But then I have all these patients too that come in and they've done everything they can think of. They've in, they've researched everything. They've tried everything. They come in, they're already on a whole bunch of supplements and they're just not getting better. These are the people that often come in and they're like, do whatever you need to do. And I can do that too. It's a hundred percent your decision. And I give options. Sometimes it's a matter of, okay, well, I can't I can't. I only have this much to spend right now, but I do want to do that eventually. We'll put that into a long-term plan. That's fine. So we do those initial, you know, the, the first visit, depending on what we decide, um, happens, and then approximately, if we're doing testing, three to four weeks later, we do a follow-up visit, and that's an hour. Again, scheduled an hour, not always taking an hour. That second visit is when I do a nutritional exam, and a nutritional exam is very different. I don't, I don't do pelvic exams. I don't do annual. Exams, I you know I I don't do the same exam that your primary doctor does. I spend a lot of time looking in your mouth, looking at your teeth, looking at your skin, looking at some of the things that you just don't typically see done at your primary care provider. And I'm really doing looking for connections between your nutrient absorption. Do you have a lot of food allergies? Am I seeing a lot of irritation in your skin, telling me there's a lot of immune and inflammatory issues going on systemically? It's a pretty extensive exam, and so I don't do it at the first visit because I haven't really narrowed in on the priorities yet. But the second visit, now I can say, okay, here's some things I'm really interested in, and I can focus on those things in the nutritional exam. And that second visit then is kind of, did you follow through on the things we talked about at the first visit? What did the tests show, and now where do we go from here? And again, that can be anywhere from another follow-up in six weeks. It can be, if it's a straightforward, uh, you know, I need help with hormones and I'm menopausal and I'm having a lot of menopausal symptoms, maybe it's every six months. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it's once a year if things are stable and, and you're on a hormone replacement program and things are going great and you're feeling well, we just have to maybe check in and do some testing once a year just to see if things are in balance, to see if it's still the right thing for you. But it really, there is no cookie cutter approach at all. It's always tailored to what the problem is, how much help the person needs. And I am trying to utilize, as I said before, health coaches a little bit more because sometimes people just need to be held accountable. And yeah, no one's going to pay me every two, three weeks for 30 minutes of my time to just say, you know, let's work, you let's troubleshoot. Yeah, let's troubleshoot yeah. through some of the barriers you're having with your dietary changes. Maybe we just need to have a health coach kind of jump in and see you in between visits with me. That's the first and second visit. And then beyond that, it really is individualized.
2: Okay, that's great. Do you find that this is kind of a, a random question? A while ago, maybe you can bring air to this. Thyroid medication. So I think that sometimes women will kind of sometimes, I don't want to use the incorrect word, but abuse the system a little bit in appointments to just kind of like get their thyroid medication. And was there like a natural thyroid that went off the market? Like a year ago, and then the people couldn't get any more, and I had a bunch of women trying to like figure out who I could send them to get their natural thyroid medication. Could you say a little bit? do you remember what that was?
0: Yeah, well, there is right now there's a shortage on um, the raw ingredient for desiccated thyroid extract desiccated, okay. um, yeah, and desiccated thyroid extract comes from pork thyroid. And um, it's been known as Armor Thyroid, Nature Throid, WP Thyroid, West Thyroid. I mean, but basically, the, the raw ingredient, that thyroid extract, is the same among all of those products. So people who have been on thyroid medication, are now finding that the product that they were using may, you know, be on a back order or it's not as available as it used to be. I, I, all I can say about that is that I, I know that um, some of the, well, let me stick, take a step back, back, Many years ago, there was an issue with Armour thyroid, and there was a huge shortage for a while. And I don't know that we completely understand what happened back then, but it, you know, it was resolved at the time. A lot of my patients that were taking Armour thyroid had switched to a compounded thyroid extract, and they felt better on that product. And most of them never went back to Armour thyroid. Armour thyroid has some corn gluten in it; it's got starch in it. It's it's not the cleanest product out there. And people actually felt better on other products. And again, the raw ingredient is the same, but it's all the the fillers and the things surrounding the, the medication that's in that tablet that that are different between the products.
2: Yeah, that's so, really, really interesting that there's fillers and contaminants in that. I mean, we look at the right. new beautiful world and we look at supplements, and there's always, gosh, metals and even our supplements and some of the best oh, yeah. that they do yeah. you know, a COAs yeah. on. I mean, in yep. cannabis world, you have to have a COA for every yeah every bit, but you know, in the supplement world, we don't. But compounding and, and compound pharmacy is they are kind of cooking it up back there. So there is somewhat of a component there that you have to really make sure as far as different food sensitivities and different contaminants and fillers that they, may, that might not be an issue. That's a whole other, something I have not thought about. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, and that, yeah, that is a whole different story. And compounding pharmacies are great because they can really tailor a product to an individual. But I started noticing that the, you know, one of the compounding pharmacies that I use, um, he had told me that his distributor said that he can't get thyroid extract for until 2020. It was on back order for that long. He was the one that did the research and said that he found that the company that makes Armour Thyroid basically bought all of the raw ingredient. And so now all the other companies are really struggling to get the ingredients to make thyroid extract. There's been a huge shortage and most of my patients have switched to either NP thyroid or Nature Throid, which Nature Throid had its own shortage issues a couple of years ago, but that had nothing to do with this. That had to do with the fact that the demand for Nature Throid and WP thyroid, which is probably the cleanest product on the market, both of those products uh, were manufactured by the same company. Demand went up. They had to upgrade their manufacturing equipment to keep up with the demand. They were out of commission for a while. Everything was on back order. They come out of that and now there's a shortage on raw ingredient. So they've struggled. Um, WP thyroid isn't even back into production yet, but Naturethroid is. In various doses. So that's what's going on with thyroid. And it's really frustrating for patients. Many of the uh, pharmacies now are kind of encouraging them to switch to armor or encouraging them to switch back to levothyroxide, which is not even the same product. That's what's going on with thyroid extract right now. And yeah, so the, it, it's who knows where that's going to end up. Um, I think it's just a matter of finding more of that raw ingredient and, and yeah. starting to manufacture again. And in the meantime, we just take it month by month and see what we can do.
2: Yeah, well, it can be an issue when I think they say 48 to 50% of women have a thyroid issue and don't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. I, I yeah. think about Chris Brickman who does the vitamin drip here and it's kind of like all of a sudden the, uh, we couldn't find any vitamin C. you couldn't get any mm-hmm. vitamin C drips because there's a random shortage, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not a big brother type or a conspiracy theorist. Uh, I am. But, you know, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, women probably get a little frustrated with you and you're yeah. like, hey, my hands are tied. Like I know yeah. you're feeling good and I want you feeling great. But uh, right. I love what you said about the compound pharmacies because when... You know, I remember back when, and you know, I work a lot with hair loss clients. It's one of the the reasons I started sending new clients in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know, there were some topicals that you had and there was some, I don't know if it was estriol or estradiol that you actually Mm -hmm. put topical. And that was the first time I had opened up to, oh my gosh, we can actually put estriol or your estradiol mm-hmm. into a cream, even and help and use it the hair. topically. So women often think, yeah. well, is it my thyroid? I'm, I'm losing my estrogen. Oh, I'm all dried mm-hmm. up. I don't enjoy sex anymore. But there's also things where minoxidil, you know, I have a natural hair loss supplement, but there's even compounding pharmacies that we can work with that you work with that can help with topical issues mm-hmm. like that, which is really fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean There was a, um, it was a T3 estriol, testosterone topical. I think I had several patients using it for a while. I can't say that we have, I think, I don't know that we ever saw amazing results. Like it was Mm -hmm. a really great cure. Cure loss is a tough one because there's so many different factors that can affect it. And and again, you can get into past medical history. You can get into genetics. You can get into nutrition. You know, one of the biggest things, I think, and you've probably seen it as well with hair loss, is lack of stomach acid because it requires stomach acid to absorb your minerals. Mm-hmm. And if you can't absorb your minerals, then, and if you're a cycling female that's bleeding every month, you're probably already iron deficient. Well, you need iron to make your thyroid hormone, you need zinc to make your thyroid hormone, you need selenium to make your thyroid hormone. And if you're not absorbing your minerals very efficiently, then You're going to lose your hair.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh, you're right on on that. Mineral deficiency is is so huge, and you're right on hydrochloric acid. I think, you know, I just had a client yesterday who she's like, "Oh, I'm already taking all my digestive enzymes, but do you have HCL? No." And you know, Mm -hmm. there's like this hesitancy, and this is part where you come in and help you help educate the client, like. You need acid in your stomach. You know we have this really big, beautiful Trucy machine back here for molecular hydrogen water that brings up the question, and and you'll probably start seeing this more within scientific literature. You know the whole alkaline diet, and it's, mm-hmm. it's so incorrect. And we're like trying to. I, I understand leafy greens for alkalinizing mm-hmm. foods or how lemon alkalinizes your water, but Mm -hmm. find to over alkalinize your water and shove that down your stomach and try to push down your pH is the complete opposite of what you want to do. And you're right. Like this whole hydrochloric acid deficiency and and stress, I think those two Mm -hmm. are
0: probably... And and not everybody should take hydrochloric acid. If you have gastritis, if you have Mm -hmm. an inflammation in your esophagus and you take I ask, you know, if you take hydrochloric acid, you're probably going to have pain when you do it. That requires a little repair. You have to work on repairing that inflammation and working on changing the diet. And, you know, in the short term, but again, it's not just always a straight path from A to Z. And so, again, that's that's what a functional medicine practitioner does is they try to come up with how do we get to the point where we can replace low stomach acid levels, improve your mineral absorption without hurting you because it's not for everybody. So they've come in for their first,
1: they've
2: come in for their second visit, then really it's just kind of up to you and the woman to figuring out that relationship together on the frequency after you figure out where their tests are and things of like mm-hmm. that. And I think that this process is a very patient one. I think it's a very one of a woman, you know, to view themselves as this is part of their self care and just really meditating and trusting. I think women have a hard time trusting, trusting you, trusting the practitioner. Hey, if you got red flags and if it's not a right fit for you, it's not a right fit for you. And that's mm-hmm. okay. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, but hopping around practitioner to practitioner and not beholding the stress and the the trust in the mm-hmm. practitioner and to you is also, we short ourselves, you know, so I think, you know, it's a patient process.
0: It is. And, and you know, oftentimes people come in and they, you always have to ask yourself, how long did it take you to get to the point that you're at today?
2: Good question. And.
0: Yep. and and if it's t- if you have been feeling crummy and going downhill for the last 10, 20 years, the idea that we're going to fix this in a few months or even a year is pretty unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And that's often where I see people, they'll work with you for a little while. And then if they're not seeing progress, they'll say, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to go find somebody else. And, I, and I, I've seen that happen because some of these patients have come to me and you can tell they've been to four or five other providers and every provider was on the right track but they never really stuck it out long enough to really wait for the change. And and I have seen people that get better. And, and the funny thing is, is that sometimes they don't even realize that they're better. It's a couple of years down the road and now they've finally gotten back into their life and they're doing things and then they look back and they come in to see you and you say, so how is this? Oh yeah, that's not really a problem anymore. I usually go through that problem list. Are you still having headaches? Oh, yeah, I haven't needed Imatrix for like six months now. And they don't even realize that. Do you see how much better you are in three years?
2: Yeah, see how unconscious we are in our lives? (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. It happens all the
2: time. We're always looking for like the next bad thing. You know, it's that clear face fear-based mindset that we're waiting for the next thing to fall or the next thing to drop instead of looking back and really applauding ourselves and hugging ourselves and saying, you know, you made it through that. You made those correct changes. And yeah, it takes you a while to get there. It takes way to get you know a while to get out, and it's right. a windy road. You know, it it's is. Like, I'm it is. on heavy metals right now. Well, that's not the first step. The first step is making sure that you're detoxifying, because you know I'm, I'm a high methylator, but I'm not a great detoxifier. So there's mm-hmm. all these nuances that okay, now I have to wait for all my channels to be open, then I can mm-hmm. start working on the metals, which isn't fun. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. Can't sleep at night, but there's all of these really kind of. Not so comfortable steps along the way, but mm-hmm. you know, meditation practice, breathing practices, it's mm-hmm. tapping, all of those really realistic things. When I mm-hmm. think about stress and when I think about hormones, because women's are always about hormones and mm-hmm. these things is the stressors in our life is what can cause the hormone disarray. It's not mm-hmm. always the food. It's not always this. It's the way that we actually perceive things. this way we perceive life. I'm sure you could probably see that with a lot of women in different personality profiles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. come in. And sometimes it is a toxicity load. And sometimes it's just how you really, really look and pursue life.
0: Right. I, I, say, I say this to my patients a lot when we talk about stress. And I hear about all the things going on in their lives. And you know what? You can't change the things that are happening to you. But what stress is, is really a response to it. Exactly. Right? And if you think about, think about other populations and the amount of stressors that they have in their lives, but their perception is completely different because it's something that they're used to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so they may be happy. They may be dancing and singing and things like that, even though they're in a really high risk situation. And then we look at our problems and they're real problems and they're real to people at the time, but you can't control that. All you can control is how you respond to it. And people need and women need, because women are caretakers. They take care of everybody else. They want to control all the problems. And they really need to just focus on how, how am I responding to all of these things that are happening to me? And if you can get people to just change that perspective, cortisol levels start to go down. And yeah. if cortisol levels start to go down, appropriately down, then you start having more availability for other hormones, which are now you know dysfunctional because everything is supporting cortisol.
2: Yeah, and your you know your sympathetic parasympathetic you know rest and digest. I mean, when is our mm-hmm. body ever really in this restful phase where it can actually absorb and and do what it needs to do? Because we're always in this heightened state of stress. I mean, myself mm-hmm. included. And so, yeah, I think. I think some of the first things you know, and I, I, I'm bringing awareness to myself is to start asking women, what are some of your meditative practices? And it doesn't have to look like meditation. It could be going on a walk after work for 5, 10 mm-hmm. minutes, just to kind of de-stress and, and transition from work to, to home life. But going back to what you said, you know, in those first... Meetings you have with people who is your support system? We all need it, mm-hmm. we all can think we can do it by ourselves. Nobody does life by themselves, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you're mm-hmm. that one, you know, arm practitioner arm to kind of be the detective with them. But when they go home and they go to work, like who are those really trusted people? It could be just one person, for gosh right. sakes, it could be Joe Dispenza teaching how to rewire your brain on YouTube, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Find mm-hmm. those outlets, so. yeah. I think that's really yeah. great. Is there anything else that you would want to share on on fears or questions that women come in with? I really just kind of want to, again, we'll have more podcasts. We'll start digging into hormones. We'll start digging into estrogen and sex hormones and all of those kind of things up ahead. But anything else as far as that first appointment that you can think of that a woman would maybe want to know?
0: You know what? Uh, the, that first appointment, like I said, I, I think always the first thing is just that fear of, of the unknown. If you've never worked with somebody who focuses on functional medicine, I think I, I think the cost is the number one fear. But more often than not, at the end of the visit, I feel like the majority of the patients that I see at that first visit, at the end of the visit, are feeling they're feeling a little overwhelmed but they're also feeling very positive. Like they feel like they have somebody that's gonna help kind of get them through the fog. And and I think it always ends up turning out to be a positive experience. It's been very rare that it hasn't been, I think mutually a positive experience. And, And I think once you get past that first visit, I think then people kind of know, they can kind of start to digest it a little bit and think about how they can make it work in their lives. So I think that that's, that's probably the biggest fear coming in is always cost yeah. and that fear of the unknown, but it, it doesn't have to be a fear. There's nothing, you know, this is your visit. I'm just a consultant. So many women have been to providers that say say, for example, a woman that has bone loss and they've just been diagnosed with osteoporosis and they don't want to take medication. And their provider basically... Does this mm-hmm. right, and you're going to break a bone. You're going to end up in yep. uh, in a nursing home. You're going to die early. I mean, I have heard the worst of the worst as far as what patients have been told by their providers when they're not willing to take that standard route, and they're just looking for another path and. I'm not going to say you have to follow my path, but I'm going to give you another path and it's your choice how you want to do that. Maybe you want to do a little bit of both. I'm fine with that. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to provide, you're paying for my advice. I'm giving you advice. What you do with it is a hundred percent your decision.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and that's the difference. And you know, this idea that I'm at a level above, I'm, I'm the the nurse practitioner and you're the patient and I'm sitting on one side of the table and you're sitting on the other side of the table. That's not it at all. Not at, not at my practice. At my practice we're equals, I'm providing you advice. You're providing me information and I'm just, you're paying for my service. You're paying for my advice, for my knowledge, for my training. And you know what you do with it is 100% your decision and there's no guilt. Yeah. I love and that. And I ha- I have had people walk away and say, you know what? I just don't think this is for me. I don't think I can do this. That's fine. Maybe down the road, you'll feel like you're in a better place than you can, and you'll know what I can offer, and maybe you'll be back. And that has happened too.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, that can be in variables. It could be a financial thing. It could be just mm-hmm. a lot of fear. It could be they're really overwhelmed. You can't add one more thing to their schedule. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of reality when we have to start facing our health. Mm-hmm because that does mean changing our nutrition. It does mean changing the way we think. You know, this this whole system, and I really love this. I love how you set the table, right? And it's this one-on-one, peer-to-peer. And I think about, I always go back to the Maslow's law, you know, the hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. At the top of this pyramid, you know, we have this, we're in our highest state of self. We have, Relationships, we have our nutritional needs, we have a roof over our head, we have capitalism, which is Mm -hmm. somebody that comes to you, they're fairly paying you for the providence that you give them, and you see a Mm -hmm. value there. And really, all we're doing is helping each other get to this higher state of self, right? It's Mm -hmm. in our guts, we're not feeling like crap every day so that we can live life in joy and happiness not stressed, not depressed, because so many women are. And so I just want to thank you, Julie, for not only coming into my life, you know, 11, 12 years ago, we share a very, very strong passion for functional medicine and really getting to the root of issues. Not only do we do that for ourselves, you do this for other women. But I really look forward to having you on future podcasts where we can talk about hormone, hormone dysregulation. We can talk about sex hormones. Uh, uh-huh. There's a lot of things that we'll we'll be able to dig into. But for people that want to know about you, where can they find you and where would they go um, to search you out? Your website.
0: So yeah, my website right now is is the best place to find me. And right now, it's still a work in progress. Um, as I said, my my practice only opened in January, and it was a fairly quick turnaround from leaving the old practice to coming to the new practice. And um, and you know, bear with me on the website; it's coming. But for right now, you can go to my website, um, Julie Tevin CNP for Certified Nurse practitioner.com and there's a, a way to connect if you just want to drop off your email and I will send you e- emails when uh, topics come up. There's a way to register as a patient by clicking on the portal button, which is, uh, is basically your standard electronic medical record. But I love my medical record. It's very user friendly and intuitive. And you can register as a patient and, um, and then all the information is there that you need once you've registered. Um, and, and most of it is, is on that uh, first page as well. Okay. So that that's where you can find me right now, and uh, and I I am on Facebook as well. Um, what gets posted on Facebook is basically the same as what gets posted in my um, periodic emails.
2: Okay, that's great. You have you have good emails. I saw one just come through that you're
0: providing the Dutch test. Yes, I love, love I love the Dutch test. <laughs> I've been doing hormone testing for many years, but that test... And there are other tests out there, but I really like the layout of this. And patients have said, um, given me feedback that it's really easy to understand. So Mm -hmm. that's been really good.
2: Yeah, I have another question. Where do you see functional medicine going in the next... Let's say two years. Is there anything up ahead, genetically, epigenetics? Where do you see kind of things? I've heard chrono, chronobiology, so looking at you know the biology of time and our sleep and wake cycles.
0: Where do you? Do yeah, you I mean, that? I think right now I, I, the, what the big buzzword in functional medicine right now is about the um, genomics, mm-hmm. and, um, and I think that that's been really interesting. I think it's helped guide. Care, but you know, one of the mistakes people, patients make, you know, is that they see an abnormal gene and they automatically think, "I better start taking a supplement for that." That's not what it means. It just means that you are at greater risk for not absorbing B12. It doesn't mean that you have a B12 deficiency. But we, you know, that's something we can test for. And it's not just a B12 level, which I, you know, isn't the greatest way to test for B12 all the time. But you know, I think that's probably the biggest thing. I think right now, you know, I just really want to start to see a little bit more of an acceptance in the general medical community. I look at functional medicine as just another type of medicine, another way to provide medicine. I can't tell you how many times when I see my name referenced in patients' notes that I'm called a naturalist or a naturopath or um, you know a, a holistic provider, and you know, not that you know, those aren't completely untrue, but I'm a certified nurse practitioner. I'm licensed by the state. I'm certified by a national credentialing center. I'm no different than any other nurse practitioner that's practicing out there. I have an NPI number, a DEA number. However, I just practice a different type of, of medicine and nursing. And, um, and so I'd like to see that accepted because oftentimes what you see is uh, you know, comments made about what I do is investigational. There is one insurance company that constantly refers to what, I do as invest- as to what functional medicine practitioners do as investigational, but I always come back and say, isn't everything in medicine currently under investigation? We're constantly researching. We're constantly looking for a better way, a different way, a safer way. And that's always happening. And it is in functional medicine as well. So things evolve, things change over time. And I think this is just another change. And it's just taking some time to become widely accepted.
2: Yeah. Well, I love outliers and you're Mm -hmm. an outlier. (laughs) I what, you know, I think you get paid fairly for what, what you provide and the systems are changing. And I know from the number of women that are calling you and other practitioners that I work with, Women are demanding their time and their money to be spent more wisely, and they want answers. And if if the fear is around money, I don't want to make this around money. It's around women want answers. Uh And, you know, there's a lot of fancy supplements on the market from Josh Axe's collagen powder, and it's la, 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 la. It's like, Uh mm, 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 mm. slow down, you know, adding all these things. I mean, for gosh sakes, you can OD on vitamin B vitamin. Uh you're just going to have yanked up anxiety and you're not going to be able to sleep mm-hmm. at night. It's It behooves us as women um, to not find someone like yourself or a trusted natural provider that looks at the systems biology and the system system to really get to the root and just make sure that you've got your groundwork done and that you're in that preventative mindset, right? We can't mm-hmm. always be yeah. putting... And that's exactly what you provide. So, yeah, you are a detective, medical mm-hmm. detective, um, <laughs> and paid righteously so. Well, I want to—I really want to thank you for coming on to the Awaken Beauty podcast, and uh, I look forward to having you in the future. And we'll have many more fun topics to jump into now that we've got the groundwork uh, laid. And uh, I will make sure that in the show notes, all of your information is displayed. And for all of yous uh, that are listening make sure that you find the Awaken Beauty podcast on iTunes. Make sure you hit subscribe, then hit rate and review. And don't just leave a quick comment or your five stars. Really, really leave your aha moment, your key takeaway, so that you can help bridge what your brilliance was to other women so that they can have your aha and listen to the Awaken Beauty podcast in the future. So thank you again. This is Cassandra at your Awaken Beauty, Organic Beauty and an open mentor. And we'll see you next time.
1: Hello, Awakened Beauties. Thank you for joining Cassandra today. Were you inspired to bring your sexy back? Please like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Interested in high quality natural products for your hair, skin and wellness? Please visit evokebeauty.com. Again, that's evokebeauty.com. E-V-O-Q-Beauty.com. Until next time, stay sane, get sleep, and bring your sexy back.